Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Moyles. And I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jas, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we done we were in the Elden Canyon region, weren't we? Making our way to we were indeed. Gron City. And Jay, what are we up to this week? Well, this week we're going to re-engage with the main quest and uh, we'll probably find a little bit more about what's been going on with the Gorons that's making them so hooked on their marbled rock roast. Mm-mm. They love that rock roast. Mm-mm-mm. So we're pretty much diving into it as soon as we arrive in the city, right? Because as soon as you come through the gate, you'll meet the... Um, is it the elder Bludo? I believe his name is. Um, yeah, he's just basically ch- he stood in the middle of the city, and he's basically the only person sensible is him and the babies. Yeah, and I love the reason they give it for the uh, for, for the <laughs> why why they're not eating it is because they can't chew <laughs> the the rock roast because they're too old and their teeth are too brittle now. <laughs> yeah. Which can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to just chomp my way through so many toffees and rock candies and whatnot, and now it's like, oh man. Hey, oh, <laughs> what's a test? Give me soft <laughs> yeah, white bread. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, clearly, avoiding the toffees or the rock roast instances is a good thing because he's still got his wits about him. Yeah. The first thing I noticed is the big old, like, statues of Daruk and stuff. They were there in Breath of the Wild, right? I think so. I don't think they were there. I don't remember seeing them, but maybe they were, like, covered by lava before? I like really I, should start opening Breath of the Wild preparing <laughs> these places. Um, listeners, if if we are wrong, please let us know. We probably are wrong in a lot of things in this game. But um, That reminds me, I think we had a, a little correction oh, sweet. from a friend of the show, the Duchess of Downhill, oh. <laughs> at Tree Smurf on Twitter. Uh, but he did try diving into um, the... Great forest from the sky. Oh right, and yeah. Says, yeah. yeah, even if you land in that shrine that you can see, it kicks you out. Ah, as we. Uh, yeah, you we have can't assume the as such, time. but yeah, yeah, like uh, that makes sense. But so good to know. Confirmation for you. Good to have it clarified. Um, but yeah, the so thing, even if the statues were there last time, the city is. It's a lot of like little lights and lanterns and. <laughs> Generally, some construction has been going on. It's very mm. noticeable. I don't remember. I'm going with like the fact that I don't think they were there in Breath of the Wild. Like, as as I was making my walk up to Goron City, and I saw all those, I was like, screenshot. That's cool. <laughs> I reckon it's probably covered by lava. That's my theory. Mm. But we'll, I guess we'll 
we'll find out another time, I suppose. Mm. I mean, we well, could. There's find only out. one way to find out. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's also in the middle of Goron City a massive pile of rock roast, kind of like just a heap of it in the middle of like the, I suppose, town square, town circle, whatever you want to call it. Town um, circle, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is a big circle area. It's still, no one calls it the town circle, though. Well, someone would have been to Goron City. <laughs> Gorons love circles. <laughs> I, go, I don't go into a new town and like, get my little like, tractor out, and I'm like, hmm, this is actually a town. Trapezoid. <laughs> Look, just want to be accurate to the shape of the town meeting area. <laughs> Thank you. you. Go to the centre of town. Look, if you want to be bored in, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll see the big massive pile of rock roast and Bluto is bemoaning how all the youths are eating all the rock roast and they're all lazy and they're they're sitting around um just being, you know, munching on the rock roast, they're not doing the work. We kinda got that impression with the the bedrock bistro that we spoke about yeah. in the last episode. But, you know, we're having it confirmed here by, by Bluto. And then who turns up but uh Rey Mysterio. Yes, I <laughs> love this look. Uh, of course, Yonobo turns up as a, a masked goon, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> big, very annoying big luchador error. Yeah. Luchador mask, covered in bling, like walking around. He's doing the Bane, like, coat grab. <laughs> Just strolling about like he owns the place. Yeah, proper heel wrestler vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that's interesting, like, in every region, um, the, who was previously the chief has, like, been replaced. But here, oh my goodness, but here it's not, like, officially he's been replaced. It's just Yunobo has, like, seized control. Yeah, he says, we run this city now. The old aren't needed any longer. Yeah, which, like, damn. So, uh, yeah. And, um... Not wanting good for us, though, is it? Like, we can't eat our toffee. Like, (laughs) be on our way. Masked heologidors, like, bullying us. So, can confirm, the big Goron statues are there in Breath of the Wild, but they don't have the lights in their eyes. That's probably the difference maker. I think that's what makes them really pop out in Mm -hmm. in Tears of the Kingdom. Um, And then also just generally Goron City, because it's like, there's lava lava everywhere, there's um, cinders floating around in the air and stuff. It's like smoke. It doesn't That's like pop really surprising to me because like, I just mm. had no memory of that from Breath of the Wild at all. 
they are like they're harder to make out because hmm. they're yeah, just that's, not as that's what I'm thinking. Like that's why I don't remember it. Like the way they are in Tears of the Kingdom with the like you said with the lights in the eyes, it just pops a little bit better, so it's more more memorable, I guess. And then generally, there is just a lot more color and light in the Tears of the Kingdom version, presumably mm. put there by Yonoboko before they were run by a heel wrestler. Blinging the place up. Well, yeah, I guess if you'd look at it as bling, then it does kind of suit even this version of him. Yes, they all did good work at Yonoboko until Yonobo started talking about the local sports team and (laughs) talking about you people. (laughs) I can't stand, looks at hand. (laughs) And then. Goron City sports team. <laughs> and I later when he does, you know, he has his, his baby face turn, he's going to be doing an announcement in the middle of the town circle and he'll say, uh, it's the squared it's circle. To be here. The squared circle. better than any joke oh, I was going to make. Oh, the Kingdom was a wrestling federation. <laughs> Which would you rather get, Jay? A sequel to like Age of Calamity? Or like a Tears of the Kingdom characters WWF No Mercy type wrestling game? Absolutely the wrestling game, because dear god, I would eject that into the game. I mean, I will say at this point in the game, when we see Yonobo, I was like, it seemed like he was just had taken a heel turn, right? And maybe he'd got addicted to the rock roast or whatever. So when we find out the actual reason why he's now a baddie, I was a little disappointed. Well, see, I mean, they talk about, so after you. Yonobo makes his appearance like mm. Link talks about well I'm here because Zelda's missing and we're trying to investigate you know it's a weird goings on in the, the four kind of main regions and Yonobo you know he changes the subject says oh we can't help with that and he goes off to Yonoboko and then Bludo talks about how there's been a um, a blonde woman and Yonobo they seem to have both been involved with this new rock and it Depending on how many of the um, Lucky Clover Gazette quests you've done, mm-hmm. you know you start to get the, the the impression that something's a bit a bit odd. <laughs> something's a bit suspect of what's going on with Zelda. Oh, yeah. because if you've just been doing the main quest, then and doing them in the order that we we're presuming the game intends you to do mm-hmm. from the Rito quest you wouldn't necessarily get the impression that there's this fake bad Zelda going around, right? Yeah. I mean, you may have little rumblings, like the fact that she was kind of scared the great fairies into hiding by saying, it's, oh, it's a horrible, blight-ridden world out here, don't don't pop out. Mm. Um, things like that, you might be thinking... Yeah. Mm, it's like very, very subtle, though, right? Like, it can be... Yeah. Not everyone would catch yeah. that. Well, and, and yeah, that could have been, like, her trying to protect them, right? Mm-hmm. And also that again, that's that's doing side quests. That's doing um 
Cosette stuff. That's not just True. part of the main quest. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, spot on. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough there. But even, so, yeah, even if you haven't cottoned on to Zelda's heel turn, you'll definitely have noticed uh, you know post one at this point. <laughs> yes. So yeah, your your quest is then to potter off to Yunoboko and kind of confront him, I suppose. Maybe try and snap him out of this 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 heel persona that he's been putting on. Um, but before we get there, should we probably have a little potter around Goron City itself? Although, in terms of the amenities, I genuinely can't remember, but I don't think you get like great service <laughs> at this yeah, point. Everyone's just lounging around demanding rock roast. You can't really buy anything or... I think the inn's the... open. Um, but can you I eat... don't... I ju- well, you can get the fireproof armour, right? You can. Because I swear I had it for the dungeon. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> can, but I'm sure... Yeah, I think some of like, the NPCs like of the in the armor shop. Yeah, like, I think maybe like they're, they're, older, they're kids they're in the shop they? else, like, yeah, it's like old, old, old ones or kids, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you're right, Jess. They yeah, have like other characters that kind of like ran off not doing their job anymore, so other people have mm-hmm. took over. And uh, yeah, if you wander around the general sort of atmosphere is just kind of more of the same that we've been speaking about, just lots of older Gorons bemoaning the younger ones being hooked on that rock crack. And it, it is, I mean, we mentioned it last time. <laughs> you said rock crack. <laughs> Not the obvious. <laughs> rock crack. <laughs> <laughs> Not the obvious other way around, you know. Like, the metaphor for just like, they're smoking weed and they sit around all day. It's laid on so thick. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but we kind of do a post-mortem of this at the end of the this whole sort of series of the quest I think this was my least favourite main quest of the bunch just because it was laid on a bit thick you know like by the time I'd got to go on city I was already I was already like I get it okay <laughs> I get it <laughs> let's let's crack on um, yeah. I don't necessarily dislike it in that way when I say laid on thick I just mean like it's a very unsubtle metaphor <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's unsubtle, but I think think it's also... mm, I'd like it in the sense that it is like the sort of the comedy one between some of the other more serious ones, right? I suppose, yeah, I I get Like, especially after the Rito. Yeah, I just, I guess... Having a bit less bleak is kind of nice. I guess just because it's the same thing. It's an older, usually an older, younger Goron moaning about the young, the the kind of you know middle-aged ones lounging about. Whereas with the Rito, to compare with that, there was quite a few ways they showed the impact of the storm. You know, you had mm. the actual environment being tougher to traverse, trade had fallen down there. There was a few travelers on the road. The bridges were out. You get to Rito Village itself, and then you just see it's just the young ones. So the adults that are having to scavenge for food to actually survive. You know, it was bleaker, darker than this but it felt a bit more nuanced as a result and but yeah, like you said, they're going for a different tone with this right, so I, I can't be too harsh on that looking at it that way 
Oh, like if all four of them had been like the Rita one, and it was like all four regions are on the brink. It's very disastrous. You know, mm-hmm. they're close to death. It might. It would have been st- too heavy a game. I think I'd still be like doing all the side missions and not finish the main quest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. You just got to let them all suffer, Jazz. <laughs> yeah, I'm off building all sorts of zone eye devices. You cruel man, cruel, cruel man. <laughs> Don't take so much. Um, <laughs> Fair. So we have the obligatory fast travel shrine in the Goron City. This one is the Marakuguk Shrine, also known as Wheeled Wonders. Uh, yeah, this one, this one is really interesting, and I remember. Um, seeing this one before I did it as a clip from a game developer like saying this might look like it's really simple but the amount of physics and programming that went into this is staggering so it's basically where you attach a set of wheels onto kind of like a folded up bridge mm. like mm-hmm. and then you the wheels you activate the wheels they'll go across lava and they'll make the bridge for you and they said, like, just to, to our layman eyes, you know, it's cool to see that happen. But supposedly on a game development level, that's like a staggering bit of programming to make that work. Yeah. Which... So it's the old adage, right? That when something's working properly, you don't notice it. Yeah, I suppose so. so I, I guess acting you... so much like it feels like it should. That it just seems simple, but yeah, to actually mm-hmm. make that. I saw work like a good like game. example of that, like when I saw like developers like online talking about that when that tweet was put out, and the guy put like a, showed an example from his game where he had like a, a rotating cannon, mm. and he had items like like he wanted to put like cannonballs beside the cannon while it rotated, but while the getting it to rotate and the cannonball to like stay still. Like it just, it just it was really difficult to program. It was like really hard. Like you couldn't. Anytime the cannon would rotate, the, the cannonball would like go flying off to the side or mm. make some like weird glitch happen. Do you really need to kind of even something that seems like so simple like that can be like really complex? Mm. But with like well, then the, other the thing... kingdom and the shrine, it's like tenfold with what they do. It's just physics. one it, one shine out of a hundred and odd, right? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Crazy what they do with this physics engine. It's 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 staggering when you think about it. Recently, I've been seeing all these tweets from Starfield where it's like, ah, oh, look at this wild thing you can do with the physics in Starfield. But none of that is what you do in that game. Yeah, you just wander that's, across. That's the difference here. Generate the planets and get bored. <laughs> from what I've heard, this, <laughs> it's a Bethesda game. So that's exactly exactly what I expect. But this yeah. is like here is we've built this insane physics engine. So that we can do a bunch of insane gameplay stuff with it. Yeah. And I really like that. That's right. Like, I think the Starfield example, yes, you can, like, if you're on PC especially, you can spawn in five million bananas and watch them trundle down a hill, and it's cool to see. But like you said, you're not going to do that in game properly, are you? It's just a fun way to kill time. But, um,. I really like the end of the shrine as well. I don't know if you remember it. Basically, you have to attach like this, basically like a scoop onto the front mm-hmm. of a front of like a, a car. little car, and then it, you push, you, like you move the scoop 
car forward and it pushes all these metal balls onto a switch um to like it's like a pressure plate and you got to have a certain number mm-hmm. like, of them to weigh yeah. down the pressure plate there's just something really satisfying about that <laughs> i don't know what it was but just seeing the the metal balls all get scooped up and pushed in i don't know made 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 monkey brain happy <laughs> no i get it um so i'd actually had this spoiled for me because i'd seen a tweet that was like comparing two streamers doing this mm. where one of them like just instantly like oh with. there's the car whack it on bosh done and then the other person was like painstakingly moving individual balls and getting frustrated and calling out the game and saying how the game's shit because you have to do this. Oh, I think I know who the second streamer is and I think they're notorious for just being... I don't know if it's a bit, genuinely sometimes. <laughs> mm. Like, they're doing it It doesn't seem so like long. it from what, from what I've seen. Yeah. Like, like you said, yeah. not notorious for it, apparently, so... Yeah. I don't think it's a bit. Like, they're just an angry person that doesn't get video yeah. games. <laughs> See when you said this, we got spoiled for you there. Like obviously, I, I somehow forgot Twitter was a thing for a second, and I genuinely thought somebody had come up to you like at work or a night out or something. <laughs> gone. Have you seen the scoop bit? <laughs> Did you get them? I mean, most of the time that would be more realistic because I try to stay off Twitter when I can. But yeah, I caught that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, every office is a satisfying They're talking about the scoop bit. <laughs> 20 years from now everyone will remember like oh man you remember uh, the scoop bit yeah the it was scoop. talk of the town <laughs> I was going to call this episode Gone City but maybe I'll just call it the scoop bit <laughs> scoop bit <laughs> uh, maybe if it was game game show we'd do that sort of naming convention right but yeah we try to be a little bit more sensible sometimes here a little bit we pretend we're sensible to get him in the door yeah, but now, but now that you're if you're if you're if you're thus if you're this far into the show, you know what you're in for. You know you're in for more scoop bits. <laughs> what were you saying there? Yeah. Before we got, we went on a big tangent. Like, I, like, <laughs> I thought like the, the scoop puzzle itself, like it seemed like it's not like that difficult a puzzle. It seemed like pretty like immediately obvious. That's what you were meant to do. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I think that's just the nature a vehicle there. and like you get your vehicle over to there at the end, and then you're just like you've got this little, little, little this big scoop. Like <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was well attached it to the car. Seems yeah, it's not pretty obvious rocket science. I mean, there's been a few puzzles where I've just totally missed the point, and then later on I'll see a clip of somebody doing it how it was probably meant to be done. I'll be like, oh, mm. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so. <laughs> Part of the fun as well is getting it wrong, I think. I always yeah. enjoy that. Like, oh, yeah, part of the watching my like, nephew play the game like recently and like when he does like shrine puzzles and stuff like that, he basically purposely does them like the unintended way and he's like he's so happy about it. That's <laughs> like, good seeing his solutions Legend. as well. It's, it's good fun. So yeah, um once we've cleared out that shrine and we continue our way out of Goron City to the north. Um, well, you can kind of see the Unoboko headquarters kind of quite far down the road. It's up in a kind of a raised building. And if you look down on the ground, I think there's quite a lot of like nasties roaming the area. I definitely remember seeing like a big group of like a, maybe a boss 
Moblin with like a smaller Bacoblins kind of wandering around patrolling. You know what? It, it really reminded me of like Jurassic World or something. You're because gonna have to all, explain that <laughs> because there's all the mon- there's all the monsters like strolling about, but mm-hmm. you can kind of just ignore them and ride the minecarts over them. Yeah. So it was okay. like being in like a zoo of the Zelda monsters, like a safari. Park. <laughs> yeah, the little, yeah, the little rail cars are like a mini safari. Right. And and where does Chris Pratt come into it? Um, well, he's probably going to voice Link in the Zelda movie. Yeah, so, we're going you know, We might as well yeah. accept it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're actually kind of you spoke at the minecarts. You are kind of prompted in a way to do that because as soon as you kind of get to that sort of looking out point north north side of Goron City, there is a small Goron child there named Dugby. <laughs> Great name, Dugby. And um, Dugby is <laughs> um, wants to get to the end of the minecart track to visit uh, Garondia, um, which is something that's now being referenced, which is an ancient Goron city um, where the Gorons of old once lived, and he's on the hunt for it, but he obviously can't can't roam about because his minecart's broke, so you fix that, and um, if you ride the minecart, it'll actually take you pretty much exactly with Dugby, because I think you ride with him all the way to Unobuco HQ, so it's pretty much just a a little side diversion, a little freebie quest to do on your way to Unobuco HQ, but perhaps but we'll hear even, more about Rather than a side diversion, it's more like a, a way to help you do it in the correct order, like to help you do it. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose so. version in a way. I mean, we'll get to this probably next episode, but making sure you, you've got your head around the minecarts and how they work mm-hmm. is going to be pretty important. Um, and knowing which one goes where. Yep. And uh, Garondia might come back as well. We'll have to wait and see. Nah, they, they usually... They introduce these concepts in Zelda games, but it's just... Uh, it's just flavour. You never go there. Just flavour, yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Definitely. The Zelda games are famous for introducing a concept and then five minutes later you don't discover it. <laughs> so, yeah, when you turn up at Yonoboko headquarters, um, once we're in Yonobo's you know oh, having... Not... Is he there when you get there? Yes, he's there. He's having a chat with Zelda. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's having a chat with Zelda and... Um. Eventually, uh, I think you confront him, saying what's going on. His mask starts glowing. Mm-hmm. They kind of his eyes go all red, and it's time to square up with the yeah. president of Yonoboko. I just talked last week, right, about how in this game you don't fight Gorons and Rito <laughs> and Zora, and here we do a little boss fight. Um, yeah, I love the little um, 
So you know how you normally get like a little bit kind of a flavor text, like the t- enemy's title, like for example, um, uh, I've already forgotten the name of the Wind Temple boss. Mulgara. Um, Mulgara, thank you. Um, it's like the Scourge of the Wind Temple or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yunoba's title is clearly not himself. <laughs> <laughs> You're not you when you're on rock roast. <laughs> but he, I tell you what he is. It's a fun little fight. Yeah. It took me a second to realise, because like, your attacks basically are not damaging him. Yeah, he's, he's small, rock hard. You have to go for the mask, and you're smashing Correct. that up. Yeah, because you're trying to bring him back to his senses, right? Like, Link's not mm-hmm. actually wanting to hurt him. Um, no, he's a pal. He's a pal, he's a friend. Yeah, basically you're kind of letting him stun himself into the wall. He's not just a Goron. He's a friend. (laughs) Thank God I finished my drink there. It's not especially hard as fights go. No, it's not. But it's not meant to be really, right? But... That's going to be a theme of these two episodes. Uh, Fun little fight, but probably. it's not very hard. <laughs> yeah, now I think about it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right, yeah. Um, just, um, just a quick side point. I've just mm-hmm. switched back over from um, Tears of the King, Breath of the Wild back to Tears of the Kingdom. And it is nice and clear and pleasant and you can see everything in Goron City now. But it, it's got much less of its own unique vibe than it did in Breath of the Wild because the lava's not there. It just kind of looks the same as all the rest of the mountains. In yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. I, I, I get, I get that. Guess that's why, why it's kind of bad for the Gorons, right? They're, they want the the lava to be flowing more mm. than it actually is. But I suppose that's why Yenobo has been kind of working on other ways for the Gorons to thrive with his construction, right? Um, yes. Lots of mine carts, uh, railways, mining operations. He's been a busy boy. Yeah, well, when we first meet him, well, when we first like hear about him by reputation, he does seem like a kind of a gang boss, where he's like, mm. he runs the town now. He's head of construction. He's got all these big ideas. But once we see it, like, Another he's no longer under the company. influence of the mask. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Hudson and the Yenobo. Cool. Like, hmm. Two warring factions, clearly. But once we see it in the context of, like, him actually being himself, he's clearly got the, the best of intentions. Like, he does just want to help Goron City move on now that the previous calamity is solved. Yeah, so like you store him to his senses, and um, he th- he he's obviously quite well apologetic of the mask, kind of ripping as you go. Aye. Yeah, that well, that was that's my hint that you're like, okay, that is what I meant to be doing, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. the mask starts to break. 
But uh, yeah, once you do that, um, and you know goes back to his senses, he mentions that he would usually meet Zelda um, at Death Mountain, the top of Death Mountain. So he suggests that you go, you go there to continue your uh, your search for for Princess Zelda, and see if we can get to the bottom of this rock roast conspiracy shall we say that's going on because uh yeah clearly clearly this princess zelda if, if it is princess zelda or whatever's happening something's you're looking kind of sus princess zelda <laughs> zelda you sussy backer <laughs> Uh, <laughs> At this point, getting up Death Mountain, it's not difficult in the way it was in Breath of the Wild, but there is still a lot to it, right? It's not just a straight stroll. You're sort of having to go and in and out of caves, and I guess theoretically you could just climb directly up the side. <laughs> I mean, you could, yeah. <laughs> you probably shouldn't, but you can. If you really want to, um, I mean, I think the probably the best way to actually go. So there's a couple of ways you can go. I think there's a cave that you can go through to to get there, which is the Death Mountain Foothill Cave. Right. I don't know if that actually leads out into the part of Death Mountain. If that's just a cave near Look Death Mountain the map itself, now, it kind of looks like it does because there's like the Death Mountain West Tunnel. I don't know if you'd come out of there or not. Uh, perhaps. Taking the mine up towards like that main uh, west site. Yeah, the way a lot I took vehicle materials there as well. So I remember like building little trucks, trundling up part, taking mm-hmm. a mine cart up out of the way. I also kind of uh, had my hover bike by this time. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I did it. So like the like like game was like you're meant to go up this mountain on this minecart rail and I kind of skipped the first first bit with my hover bike. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it the way the games want me to do it. That'll be, it'll be more fun. Anyway. That's the spirit. But the, uh, once you get to kind of Death Mountain West, say, if you're actually wanting to scale the, the mountain itself, it's probably going to be a lot more difficult to reach the peak unless you've got the old hover bike. The best way to do it, though, um, and I think the way the game kind of wants you to do it is uh, if you hop on a minecart at the Death Mountain West site. This is just kind of outside the West Tunnel that you were speaking about, Jas. Yeah. Um, you will find a minecart track that loops and ascends all the way up the mountain, kind of going around it, and eventually Does that settles go at the peak. north. Way first. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So the the, the, the there is there's a, there's a minecart track that goes around like the base of the kind of mountain. And I was just, just asking because obviously, like I said, I skipped the first part with the hoverbike, and I was just I kind of mm-hmm. followed the intended route anyway with the hoverbike. The minecart minecart track is south. It, it kind of goes south first, and then yeah. starts ascending. And if you go into that, you get a really good sort of set piece segment. I want to say. 
where and this is where you'll find kind of one of Yorobo's um, oh we're not even spoken about Yorobo's yeah, power Yorobo once you beat him in the boss fight he hangs out with you and yeah like Tulin he gives you an extra ability essentially yes which is uh, like just a fire him like a big cannon <laughs> yeah so um, we'll speak about how this works when you're riding a vehicle sure that's what I was about to move on to but like when you're planted on terra firma He'll, just, yeah, um, tap A on him and it'll activate. Tap yeah. A again and you just launch him directly forwards in the direction you're facing. Really yeah, good for a I found. That that's um yes and no. It will immediately smash up the rock you want to mine, but also it will launch all of the gems all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find it I find it really good in the depths where like you because, have those yeah, you can like, see the Zola from a distance anyway, right? Yeah. And there's kind so of like little tar- when, like, kind of, when you find those rocks like in caves. Like to kind of bust mm. through rather than using your hammer weapon. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I know what you mean. Occasionally. Yeah. Well, and um, they introduce the like marbled rocks, which you can only break by Correct. launching. Mm-hmm. You know, but yes, sorry. I think that's how you actually have to get out of the cave. Cause I think in the fight, out of Unobel HQ, because I think during the fight, it maybe causes a little cave in. And you have to use. Yeah, I, I was going to ask HQ. actually, is that the point where it caves in on Zelda? Yes. Yes, that's right. No, no, that's oh, wrong. No, I think that's later. <laughs> that's, that's, later. That's, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> that's later. Yes, <laughs> I have to think there for a second because I could picture what was happening, but no, that is later. Um, how do you rate Yonobo in combat? Because we sung Tulin's praises as being really useful for getting you know the headshots and doing kind of constant damage and being. Actually I don't necessarily notice him like getting stuck in in the way I do with Tulin, mm-hmm. but actually activating his power can be quite handy. I'll often um, either him or one we'll talk about in a couple dungeons time. I will if I see like a a monster gramp coming up. I'll like my opening move will just be to send him in, and if they yeah. happen to have some like explosive barrels or whatever, he's going to set it all off. Yeah. Cause some havoc. Then, yeah, cause some havoc before I've even got there. One thing I really rate about him is that because he attacks with that big cobble crusher, mm. um, Tulin, unless Tulin gets a headshot, Tulin's just going to be peppering the enemy. And if you get a headshot, mm. you'll knock the enemy over. Every hit that Yunobo does will knock the enemy down. Yeah, um, that's useful. Oh, I've never, never actually used them a whole bunch in combat. He's, yeah, he's, he is pretty strong. Like, he's. I think um, later on, we'll speak about this obviously, but as you have maybe more than just one companion, <laughs> he can be a, a real asset in terms of knocking him down and allowing Link and pals to get stuck in. He's to kind your of point, key- Jess, I wouldn't say I actively use him, but mm. he's there. This is like so if he happens to be there, yeah. It's just more like yeah. I had, like the way I played the game. Generally, I didn't like always have like the sages out and active. Like I used them oh. like, kind of when I wanted, and like I I only like, turn them off if I want to take a nice screenshot. Otherwise, I like rolling around with my pals. I said bases. I really, I think I needed it. Like I would like have them all on for like big fights and stuff like that. But generally, general exploration. Like I would like just have one on. I feel that I needed at that time. Now, yeah, to go back to the main quest, you cross well, before the bridge we get of Elden, there, 
which is not as dramatic as it once was. <laughs> one one thing I do want to quickly say about Yonobo mm. is that when you do activate his fire charge, he has some really annoying voice lines. Yonobo! I find him pleasant enough. It's just because it's the same two voice lines getting cycled and recycled, and it's actually a voice line instead of, um, like, for example, Tulin just going "woo wee" with his wind. See, I think, I think to me, it's it's he's barely saying words, so it might as well just be him going "woo." <laughs> There's definitely one where he he does say something. I can't remember what it is. I seem to remember it being quite pathetic. <laughs> uh, I th- I, he doesn't do it as the ghost, though, right? He only does it in no. person. Correct. Right. That. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This was a hundred hours of gameplay and months of time ago, so that's why I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm referring to here. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you acquire him as a sage. Um, okay. Yeah. That. That makes sense. Yes. Um. But yes. So like. Yeah, so you cross the bridge, go left. We were talking about the west... Western Cave is where you go to like build a minecart to then ride the rail. Yeah. Uh, but you That's... can also go inside, and there is a brief quest, which I think we should mention now because it involves a guy who's off their tits on marbled rock row, so I don't know if he'll be... Probably what the quest, quest is, is there afterwards. I can't, but it, um, you have to get a guy out of the mine by like making the minecart do a jump. Oh, I think Did I've missed this that? quest. Then maybe it's yeah. not there after you've cured the Gorons then. No, I don't think that would be the case because I think every quest in the game is meant to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe have there's no like, missable quests in Tears of the Kingdom yeah. as far as I know. Like, that would be, ah, okay, cool. I think that would be frustrating if you were going for like 100%. So this fella is sat the other side of a broken bridge. Um, you need to, he's like too lazy to move. Basically, the mo- he'll get in a minecart if you put one next to him, but that's it. Um, so you build him a little minecart and cover it in rockets, and then just launch yeah. him over this jump. <laughs> Strap in, boyo. <laughs> I think I put enough on it. He kind of shot out of the cave entirely for me. Excellent. Um, but yes, after that we have our own minecart adventure as you can take the best right up the mountain. Forget yeah. hoverbikes. This is the way to do it. Um, I, say, I, took, I took the hoverbike to the first platform. like So I didn't, it's not like I went halfway up. <laughs> Still missed a full adventure. So yeah, you hop in the minecart and Unobo starts like spinning at the front of the cart <laughs> like some sort of cannon waiting to launch and that's exactly what he is because as you go up it becomes a literal on-rail shooter <laughs> for a yep. moment in time uh, and you've got and to shoot the enemy he will do this on any vehicle now from this point on so even yes. if you just build a little truck he'll turn it into a tank he will Kinda got a little bit annoyed about that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I found I don't know what it was. Just the I think he just blocks your view a little bit. It blocks your view. Yeah, that's an aspect. Like it was kind of. Like, I found it quite annoying. Like when I have him active and like on a hoverbike, 
because it's just like the big ball spinning mm. on the end and it blocks the view and you're especially when it's a small vehicle like that. To, mm-hmm. to drive it's like deactivate you well like i said if i'm the reason i would deactivate them is because i want to take a cute little screenshot yeah but any other time yeah i, I got no complaints about rolling around with a little extra defensive option that I can just shoot him the first sign of trouble. I think it works really well in these sections, though, because they're specifically designed for it, you know? Yeah, um, like, like you said, it's like a little shooting gallery of, like... It's been really good fun. I, like, I love that there's a couple of, like, watchtowers, like, usually yeah. with a Bokoblin sniper, and you can just shoot them at the watchtower and watch all the wood splinter and the Bokoblin go flying, and yeah, really. There's even a little like, um, a little barrier they've built with some spikes. You just have to shoot him to like bash mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a cool little sequence. It really is, um, and I think it's a real contrast to the kind of pre-dungeon section of uh, Breath of the Wild because I do remember the kind of it's almost like a stealth section, right? Yes, um, in Breath of the well, Wild because there's lots of flying guardians and you're sneaking That's up. That's right. The cro- Trying to get the elbow there, but he yeah. can't really do much fighting at that point. Yeah, so and I remember that and section, through. probably by virtue of stealth sections in games being hit or miss sometimes, being a, a little bit of a slog. Probably not my favourite bit of the game by any means, but this was a blast. Loved it. And then we get to the top, there's like a big metal platform. Yep. We're reaching the uh, the main... What's it called on a volcano? The crater, the mouth, I guess. Volcano? The mouth of the volcano? Would you call it the mouth, maybe? The big hole at the top of the volcano. I, I, well, I would call it the... <laughs> that's the technical would... term, the big hole. That's the easy way. I would call it the mouth. <laughs> literally did. Yeah. True, yeah. Can't argue with that. Um, you would indeed well, call it that. <laughs> I... I did a, a, a Google search for volcano mouth and I found a book called My Mouth is a Volcano. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that's correct. A crater, they call it, which I think is yeah. quite dull. It's mouth. Um, well, this one's anything but dull because we've got ew. a big old. A shrine! <laughs> There's always a little shrine to mark like you're halfway along the quest to the dungeon, basically. Yes. <laughs> and this one is Sitsum Shrine, also known as a controlling device. I uh, seize him, I Sitsum. <laughs> oh no, it's I Fitsum, I Sitsum, never mind. <laughs> Oh yeah, this one's just uh, this one's great. It's it's kind of allowing you to play about with the um, the control stick Zonai devices. Ah, um, yeah. Which have we mentioned them yet? We must have. Not. I don't think we've got into much detail on them. But yeah, you basically attach them to any vehicle you've built to actually be able steering to steer. Steering stick. It. That's what they're called. Steering stick. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, and yeah, they're they're essential. Like if you want to have a a workable <laughs> vehicle, you need them. That's one of the main um, ones which I keep um, a lot of the gachapons on me, because mm-hmm, often same. you'll find all the parts to build a little truck, but not to actually steer it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like a little worry about like building stuff in the early going of the game, like not knowing 
that the steering stick was in was a thing. Yeah, so, so a, you'd be building something, like just device, building something, and then, then whacking it for it to go forward, and then just like launching yourself, yeah, rotating or, it, yeah. getting back yeah. up. But no, thankfully they realised that would be a right pain in the arse and <laughs> made sure to yeah. have a steering wheel. Well, um, we definitely mentioned them at least in passing because a hover bike, as we call it, is literally just a steering wheel and two fans. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm a good old um, monster truck that I've mentioned many a time on this <laughs> podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, this one you're just pretty much on a car going through lava and then a glider at the end not much more to it it's just a chance to ride some cars and planes <laughs> yeah well i think as well with the glider thing at the end it kind of sets you up for what's next right yes absolutely yes actually i totally didn't even i didn't even think of that but you are <laughs> spot on because uh when we reach the as luke was saying the uh the, the mouth of the volcano as it's known and whoa 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 you were saying it. don't <laughs> yeah. put mouth in my mouth <laughs> Um, <clears throat> we had a, a neutral term so we don't argue about this. Jas, what is it actually called? It's a crater, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> Once you reach the crow of the volcano, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you'll see, we see Zelda again. And uh, Zelda drops into the crow. And uh, they actually call it Death Mountain Crater in this somebody bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined. Um, and then what comes out of Death Mountain but a bloody massive creature made of what looks like marbled rock roast. Lava dragon thing. Moragia. Very impressive to look at. Very cool. Big kaiju energy. <laughs> yes. Um, reminds me a lot of Zora Magdaros from Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah good show. Yes. Good show. Because that's also it's made of like rocky <laughs> volcanic. But it's obviously a reference to Volvagia, right? Yeah. Which was the boss of the Fire Temple in Ocarina of Time? No, yes. Was... Oh yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm getting the Fire Temple mixed up with the first time you go to Goron City. Yeah, no, Goron City. You have to bomb, bomb some Dodongos, Link. Um... I can't wait to bomb some Dodongos. <laughs> but no, because Valvagia is kind of just looks like one of the dragons you see flying around. Yeah, a little it reminds me of Valu, um, not Balu from <laughs> Jungle Book, but Valu from Wind Waker, right? Big yeah, sage dragon. That, yeah. Um, Raja though is big, but certainly not sage. It is, it is angry, and uh, it's out for some chaos. But I mean, I will be honest. We've already talked about this monster for longer than it took me to kill it. <laughs> so this is I think the definition of a spectacle battle right yeah. like so the, the, the way you fight it is you you end up 
getting a flying machine with like loads of fans on it, batteries on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, it's there for you to beat this battle. And um, uh, Yonobo does his turret spinny thing on the front of the uh, glider. You just have to fire him at the, the heads. And is it literally a hit each to kill it? One hit for each head and it's dead, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, it, it's barely doing attacks. <laughs> it shoots some fireballs, right? But, like, but very, it's not... very lazily, yeah. Very easy to I dodge with your, your flying machine. <laughs> and I guess because the flying machine doesn't have... It's not like a tight turning circle. It's not like you're flying an R-wing or something here, right? Mm. Like, it is... It, it is a bit it does have like a wide turning circle it's a bit cumbersome at times mm-hmm. so i guess by nature of that they couldn't make it like a bullet hell you know i think yeah. it would be a bit unfair well um, also again because it would be like if they made it too difficult but it's something you're only doing once in the whole game mm. you know if, if you're just not good at that kind of game and then suddenly you can't proceed unless you pull off a star Wars fox boss fight in the middle of the game yeah so, yeah. And to be fair, it is also just like the midpoint of the main this main quest yeah, section. Yeah, it's yeah. not meant to be the, the biggest. I, the I biggest don't, I'm not necessarily say, complaining that it wasn't super challenging. I had it's a lot of shame. Like... It's just a shame that the monster is so cool and it has like its like, epic music and stuff, but then it's over so quick. <laughs> like I think Matthew Castle said on back page, like. He did, the music didn't even really get started past its intro and it finished already. Mm. Yeah. Maybe you could have just done the old, like, kind of rule of three thing. Yeah, like, knock down its three heads and, and like, it comes back a bit more on fire and then. Or just, like, having it hit each head, like, three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think each head twice would be cool. Like, maybe That's have. Then it comes back and it's more on fire, like Luke said, and maybe then it fires a few more fireballs than it normally did in the first wave, or maybe some fire breath or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could definitely flesh this out a bit more, but uh, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Yeah, it's a cool moment. Yeah. It's like your first, as, technically, as, as your first flying device, right? As well, mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, if, it, if it was your first flying, it definitely wasn't about for me at this point, but yeah. yeah. Um, Really yeah, cool. overall, like climbing up the mountain with like the whole minecart section, then having a little flying machine boss battle. It is a lot of spectacle and set piece and stuff. In a way, yeah, that, you know... it's it's kind of it's a, it's a different sort of spectacle, I think, to the ascent to the Wind Temple. And it, I think I found the ascent to the Wind Temple to be more effective. Well, one of the reasons just... the Ascent to the Wind Temple is so amazing is because it's all like you're just doing it all yourself, right? You've gone from gradual, the ground right? all the way up very gradually until you're in the, the mm-hmm. like very high in the sky. Whereas because this is literally a minecart you ride and then it gives you an airplane, it's like you don't get that same feeling of, wow, look how far I've come. Isn't it amazing yeah, in I... this game I can travel in this way? I suppose it is more. It's it's quite bizarrely quite scripted for what is a very freeform adventure. Yeah, and again, um, you could choose not to come up here that way. You could theoretically, you could. I guess claims like shorter as well. Technically, even... when you compare it to the claim to the Wind Temple, like to Death Mountain, it's like a lot, lot smaller. So true. 
but still a little bit, a little bit of mm. walking to go till we get to the fire temple. But yeah. you much. could even approach here. You could approach the fire temple underground from a different chasm if you were a madman. Uh, yeah, more on that next time actually, because uh, I have some some stories about where we're going to next. Um, because yes, after you defeat Miragia and it crumbles away and uh, you, obviously Princess Zelda, we saw her dive in. Um, Yunobo says, let's go! <laughs> and he jumps in as well um, into the Death Mountain chasm down into the depths because yep, it's not just the sky that's getting the main quest treatment. We gotta go down below sometimes too. Yeah, the actual the crater, the mouth, the hole is a big ass Entrance. version of one of the chasms that we've yes, seen throughout. Like the game. And that's that's a cool reveal, I think. But um, that's it's not even necessarily a reveal because one of the main images of this game, right? When you see Hyrule, the gloom is just pouring out of Death Mountain. I suppose, yeah, yeah, you can see it from afar. Yeah, I suppose it's not like it's hidden by the 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 lip of the mouth, you know. So mm-hmm. because yeah, in Breath of the Wild, Death Mountain was like on fire with lava, but in this game, it's it's just big pillars of gloom smoke pouring gloom. out, which is very cool when you see it from afar. Well, more on what's happening down below next time on Hyrule Field Report so you need to make sure and join us for that one to find out what happens even though you've probably already played the game still join us it's going to be some good (laughs) chats and good reminiscing if you have played the game but once they're done reminiscing and and, you know salivating on what's to come next week Luke um, what else can they do to support or find us they can find the podcast on Twitter at Hyrule Field Pod Please do follow and rate and review and like and subscribe um, and share with your friends. Uh, We'd love to have as many ears with us as possible reliving this journey. And then send um, us a tweet or two. Yeah, get in touch. Let us know. What did we get wrong? What did we get right? What are your memories? What are your feelings on these areas? We would love to hear from listeners. And um, obviously, if they start charging for Twitter. Don't pay to follow us, because we ain't going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will be off that off that sinking ship pretty quickly. But if you want to help um, give your money to someone actually worthy, you can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. For just a dollar a month, you can help keep the show online, help make me feel a bit better about how much of my limited time on this earth I spend editing podcasts <laughs> and you can listen to episodes as soon as we're done editing right now there's an episode on the Patreon about the Ghibli movie Laputer Castle in the Sky um, which will be sitting in our backlog until we miss a recording like happened with our um, Zelda sequels episode so if we're on top of our recording dates it might be months before you hear that listeners but a Patreon could hear it right now can't let them get away with that. You need to join the Patreon right away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jas, we'd like some sage words of advice for the listeners mm, this week. Yes, yeah, less advice and more a question this week because is it? Do you like one scoop or two scoops? <laughs> Give me all the scoop bits, please.
I went to um, Baskin Robbins the other week because they have like a little Mario collaboration right now. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know, 300 yen for one scoop, 500 yen for two scoops, or 800 yen for the special Mario Sunday where it comes in like a, a green pipe. So obviously I got that one. Turns out it's one <laughs> scoop. I guess you're buying it for the pipe. You're buying it for yeah. the pipe. <laughs> chuck in the second scoop. <laughs> yeah, like scoop of ice cream. You know? like... A little dollop of cream. Like there's like they put like a little chocolate question mark block in it or whatever. Mm. But I'd have rather had a second ice cream flavour, to be honest. <laughs> Did you yeah, hit the chocolate bizarre. question mark question mark block? Because that's maybe where the second scoop was hidden. Oh uh, no, I just ate it. Like an idiot. That's the problem. Yeah, you should have thought more about that. Like when you get the mega mushroom and you're just smashing all the blocks, so you can't get the you can't items. get the juicy innards. <laughs> can't get the juicy scoops. Yeah. Right, see you, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you. Zapow.